0: Gaming the system, the number one podcast for gaming addiction, brought to you by Game Quitters. We use research-backed information to provide you with helpful solutions to gaming disorder, as well as shedding light on some of the most pressing matters in the video game industry every single week. We'll also feature guests who are former gaming addicts and have gone on to game the system, creating a life for themselves outside of the virtual world. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to Gaming the System, episode number twenty-four, where I'm going to be talking all about the best activities you can do to replace gaming, and a short guide on how to get started in each one. But before I get into the episode, I want to ask you guys some help. Since I moved to two episodes a week on the podcast, we actually have less people than ever tuning in. I'm not sure if it's a Christmas thing or what, but I want to know, if you're a listener, what would you like to see on the podcast? Do you want two episodes a week, better topics or better quality? Do you want one episode a week or one every two weeks, but they might be much more in depth, maybe an hour long? Send me an email, james at gamequitters.com, with your feedback, because it's, it's really important to me that I deliver the best show that I can to our amazing community, so I really appreciate you taking the time to send me a message. But with that out of the way, let's dive into the episode. Now I've talked about hobbies at length on the podcast, and we've covered it in countless posts and videos, but I've never really talked about how to get started with them. I'm a guy that has far too many hobbies to know what to do with, <laughs> I love learning new things and I thrive in that initial period of being a beginner, but for a lot of gamers, they haven't had much success in finding new activities to fill their time, for some people they find them boring, due to being accustomed to gaming and the level of stimulation they provide. And for others, they've just spent so much time gaming that they haven't been able to invest their time into new skills or hobbies. So, what can you do if you're one of these people? The short answer is you're just going to have to try new things. So the first hobby on the list is coding, or programming. This is one of the skills I learnt along the way, and it opened the door to me now living in Thailand and being able to work from anywhere. Now, I'm not a a software developer or a programmer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I do marketing, but initially I got started in website design by learning to code. However, you don't have to do it as a job, still super enjoyable as a hobby. All it entails is learning what are called languages, such as JavaScript, Python, or any number of the dozens or hundreds of languages out there on the internet. Although some are definitely more popular than others, You can do anything you want with coding, whether it's app development, web design, solving mathematical functions, or even create real world things using something called Arduino. The entirety of the modern world was built through seemingly random letters and symbols on a screen, just arranged in a particular order. So as you learn more, your world will open up to the possibilities of what you can do. Right now you don't need to worry so much about that. Also, there will be people listening that will point out the differences between coding and programming, but for the purposes of this episode, I'm just going to refer to everything as coding. So if you've never tried coding before, what do you do? Well, I'd recommend starting with learning the most simple language out there, which is HTML. It stands for Hypertext Markup Language, and forms the basis for most of the pages you see on the internet. Even if you don't want to build websites, or you don't know what you want to do with coding in the future, It'll help you learn the fundamentals, give you some introduction, and is always a good place to start. You can get caught up in the specifics of whether you need to learn HTML if you don't want to go into web design, but that's not important at the moment. I'm coming at this from the angle of a complete beginner. You can learn HTML extremely quickly, so just do it. It's a few hours of your time. The same goes for something like CSS, which you'll find out more about later, which is cascading style sheets, and it's what makes websites look pretty. Again, even if you know you want to be a back-end developer and never want to design a website in your life, you just want to go straight to Python or Ruby. The time investment is so small for HTML and CSS that there's no point not learning it. Fortunately, there's an absolute boatload of free tutorials and courses online for you to get started. Personally, I used a combination of Code Academy, FreeCodeCamp, Reddit and YouTube. And these took me all the way to being a freelance web developer in about 3 months but I did have a lot of free time. And it's worth looking around, doing some research, find out maybe there's a a program or course that's more suited to you and your style of learning. But for me, I really enjoyed this method that I used and it worked really well. So Code Academy is a bit simpler, more straightforward, and Free Code Camp is much more in-depth and makes you work a lot harder for the solution. So what I did was learn a... General idea of the topic on Code Academy, then go and do the same thing on Free Code Camp to solidify my knowledge. They're structured in roughly the similar. They're structured in a roughly similar way, so whatever you're doing, whether it's HTML or CSS, is really easy to go between them. All you need to do is sign up to the website, choose a course, and start learning. Now, I'd recommend setting aside at least an hour or two a day to learn coding, at least in the beginning as it's something you definitely find yourself getting into a flow state for. So if it's only for 10 minutes, it's going to be more difficult to make meaningful progress, but that's not to say it's impossible. Do whatever you can commit to doing. Once you've learned HTML and have the grasps of the concepts of CSS, I mean, don't worry, you don't need to do the full 300-hour certification on FreeCodeCamp unless you really want to be a web designer in charge of creating websites and layouts and learning all about user interface and user experience and all that stuff, then go ahead and keep learning and do the specialization in web development on Code Academy and Free Code Camp. But if you enjoy coding and want to learn more, what I recommend is have a think about the kind of thing you'd like to work on in the future. What interests you? What takes your fancy? Is it data science, visualization, web servers, app development, software development, or do you just want to learn more about a particular language? maybe you even want to get involved in artificial intelligence so from there you can start to research the best programming language for X so app development or AI in general you'll see the same names pop up across each of the areas such as Python Ruby JavaScript or Java which are not in any way the same thing uh, you also see PHP C C sharp C again which aren't the same Swift SQL You'll see all these names pop up, the list goes on and on. So do some exploration, do some research on the internet. Code Academy actually has a great quiz that you can do that will help you decide on a direction to take. And then just research the best resources to use that language. Search around on Reddit forums and YouTube. And all these All these resources are there to help you. And once you've found what you want to do, just commit a few hours a week to learning it as you go. You don't need to become an expert in a month, it's impossible. You can only learn so quickly. But, whatever you decide to learn, whatever you decide to master, stick with it, learn as much as you can. You never know where you can end up. Because when you see your creations and concepts come to life through nothing more than writing on a computer, it's really an incredible feeling. And you never know, you might even join me in Thailand within a year. (laughs) It's definitely possible. There's so many avenues to explore with coding whether it's a hobby or a job that the possibilities seriously are endless the next hobby on the list is one of my personal favorites and that's to learn an instrument unfortunately for me music wasn't something that i discovered late in life after i quit gaming i've been doing it for i think about 14 or 15 years now at least but I really can't think of many other skills that have been transformative as music has to my life, except maybe one, but we'll cover that later. Music allows you to connect with people on a whole other level. You can bring bad emotions to strangers, whether it's happiness or sadness, and you get to challenge your ability to learn like nothing else on the list. It's the perfect combination of physical coordination and mental gymnastics, and as you become more adept, you'll start picking up on so many more connections in the world that you never even realised existed. Also, girls really love musicians, so there's that. Now, I will just say that while it's possible to do without spending a penny, there will likely be a small startup cost with learning music. The upper limit on spending is eye-watering, not quite as bad as something like photography, which is later on in the list, But yeah, don't get carried away with spending a lot of money early on, before you've solidified it as something you want to do. Some instruments will also be easier than others, but... I usually recommend people to think about what they like to listen to. Do you like folk music? Try the guitar or violin. Classical? Try piano. EDM? You could even learn how to create music on your computer. Personally, I went through the process of piano to guitar to violin, which, while it was completely accidental, is probably the perfect order to learn those three instruments. Piano gives you such an amazing bass with which to learn everything else that I'd usually recommend people start there. However, you should do whatever you want. You'll probably have the most success with guitar or something similar, as is very versatile, portable, cheap and everyone loves it. The first step to learning an instrument is obviously to get a hold of one. So check with friends and family to see if anyone has an old instrument lying around. Chances are they do. If it's in terrible condition you can look into getting it restored, which could actually be another hobby in and of itself. Woodworking and restoration is something I'd love to do if I had the space. Anyway, when it comes to learning music, there isn't really a right and a wrong way to do it. The single most important thing you can do is learn the basics and practice constantly. That's it. The basics will be things like scales, chords, switching chords understanding key signatures later on and getting into arpeggios which aren't as complicated as the sound. You probably already know what an arpeggio is, you just haven't learnt to play it. So with guitar, I'll use that as an example, just look up a chord chart, google a guitar chord chart or print one out or find a book or get it on your phone and just make the shapes practice switching between them, practice variations Look up the most common chords and practice them. You'll see things like A minor, C, G, D. And then look up your favourite songs and try to play them slowly. Also, with any guitar or stringed instrument, (laughs) it's worth pointing out that your fingers are going to hurt like hell for a while until your skin hardens up. If it gets unbearable, don't force yourself to keep playing, just come back to it another day. (laughs) I remember once I was... I was practicing the day before a big busking event in a nearby town. I practiced for much longer than usual the day before, and my fingers were pretty damn sore. And the 10 hours or so I had between going to sleep and... The 10 hours or so I had before the event and me finishing practice wasn't quite enough to recover. So the day comes, and I ended up (laughs) playing so much... Uh, I think we were playing for 3 hours or something at least, maybe 4 or 5 and my fingers ended up bleeding all over my hand, all over my guitar, my strings and much to the shock of the person I was playing with and (laughs) probably the people that were watching Um, it was a pretty traumatic experience so just be mindful of how much you use it and don't overdo it now when it comes to guidance learning there are so many apps and programs and courses available nowadays to learn an instrument Uh, but I still think the best thing to do is just learn the fundamentals allow yourself to follow your curiosity make connections and have those like uh aha moments that make it all worthwhile And the first time you learn a song just by listening to it and working out what the chords are by yourself is an amazing feeling that being said if you really are dedicated and want to spend some money I'd highly recommend investing in a music teacher. It's undoubtedly the best route to take. The guidance and knowledge you get from having regular sessions with a teacher and having them hold you accountable for it are invaluable. It's really it'll really transform the speed at which you can learn. And back back when I was learning instruments, it was pretty rare that I'd have a time where I wasn't making use of a teacher. Although I was studying music at school, so I got free lessons. Otherwise, (laughs) it would have been way too expensive for me. And the other thing you can do is recommend finding other people to play with. You don't have to start performing at open mic nights and playing gigs. Although, you should definitely go along. See what other people are playing. Pay attention to how they're playing it, what they're doing. The intricacies of the technique they're using and even talk to people. Everyone loves to share their knowledge, and they're always happy for new people to get involved with music. It's also a great way to find some friends. So ask a teacher if there are other beginners nearby. That's if you have a teacher that want to play together. Find people to play with and grow with, and learn with each other, have jam sessions. You might be terrible to start with, but it's <laughs> it'll be a really fun time. It'll be an awesome experience for both of you. And you'll make some great friends through it. So just remember to practice often constantly push the limits of what you know and enjoy the truly beautiful process of learning an instrument. Next up on the list, and almost at the opposite end of the spectrum to the others, is exercise. I mentioned that only one other thing has been as transformative on my life as music, and this is it. Exercise is probably the single most important thing you can start doing, whether you're a gamer, a non-gamer, 15 years old or 50, it really doesn't matter. Now when I say exercise I don't just mean running or lifting weights, I'm encompassing a broad range of things from hiking and martial arts, to climbing, swimming, sports, whatever you want to do, all that's important is that you get active, challenge yourself, meet other people and build great habits. Now my perfect combination of active hobbies is lifting weights, hiking, climbing and playing golf. But it's taken years to get to a point where I can do all of those to a level that I'm happy with, and they're all playing a part in my life where they're all in balance. So I'd recommend just picking one or two that you want to do, and give them a go. But you see a lot of people nowadays really like to overcomplicate things. They spend so much time researching, comparing, buying equipment, trying to look good instead of just doing the thing. If you want to run, just put a pair of shoes on and go run for 20 minutes. You don't need to track yourself with your phone or listen to music. If you want to lift weights, go to the gym and lift weights. You can look in routines and exercise and all that stuff, but most of it you'll learn over time. If you really want to challenge yourself (laughs) and have like a self-confidence building uh, task, turn up at the gym, go up to some random guy who looks in great shape and knows what they're doing and tell them, I've never been in a gym before and I have no idea what to do. Can you help me? Believe it or not, the majority of people in the gym are incredibly friendly. We love seeing new people, skinny people, fat people, whatever, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you're making a conscious decision to improve yourself and you're taking action on it. What I love about exercise and active hobbies is that there, there are no shortcuts. If someone has a great body, or can run a long way, or have climbed massive mountains, you know they've spent years dedicated to honing their ability. They've experienced so much pain and struggle, and have forced themselves to build their skills even if they don't want to. It's an incredible character builder, and if you struggle with confidence, it's probably the best thing you can do to improve that. I haven't met anyone that can bench press 100kg and isn't confident with themselves. Also, you get to look good, which is always a positive. If you want to get involved in active hobbies, check out your local area for any clubs or societies around what it is you want to do. I used to love my local hiking group and badminton club, people are super friendly and incredibly welcoming to beginners, so never feel like you're not good enough to get involved. Everyone sucked at some point, and who knows, you might be a natural at it. Something like hiking, put on some shoes, go for a walk somewhere in nature, maybe find some friends to go hiking with. Obviously be wary of any safety issues such as wildlife, weather, dehydration and so on but you can just look up some popular trails nearby and spend an hour or two walking. You don't need amazing gear, just put some trainers and shorts on, and obviously something on top. You've probably got a backpack, pack some water, some snacks, it's a great way to spend the day, and if you're someone that hasn't spent much time out in nature, Skyrim doesn't count, then you'll experience so many incredible benefits to getting outdoors. Better focus, better clarity, better health, feel more relaxed. And not only that, but as you start enjoying nature more, which you will, then you can progress into things like camping, fishing, rock climbing, survival, all that good stuff. There's a whole new world to explore, so go out there and do it. Now exploring this world becomes even better when you combine it with this next hobby, which is photography. Never has there been a time that photography is more accessible than it is now. You can start with your smartphone or buy a cheap digital camera and start right away. There's so much to learn and so many ways to express yourself through photography and develop creativity that it's an amazing hobby for you to learn. It helps you see the world in a different way, you begin to notice more details and it transfers over to everyday life. You'll appreciate people's individual beauty and the beauty of the world around you. On top of that it's a great way to get active, meet people, to challenge yourself and have something tangible for your reward. I think the best hobbies give you something you can measure in real time and track your progress. Because I can look back on photos I took a few years ago and find so many mistakes I made. It's all a part of the process and it's amazing to see how far you've come in that time. Now a quick warning, if you want to get seriously into a photography there's absolutely no limit on how much you can spend. You don't need to spend all that gear. You don't need to spend all that money. But I know people that walk around with like $40,000 worth of camera equipment on them. And they have so much back at home as well. Similarly with videography, the gear wish list is never ending. But if you want to invest the money over time, you get so much out of it that I think ultimately it's worth it. But I mean, I've done a bunch of professional gigs. I do photography all the time. And I've spent maybe... 600 pounds in total on a camera and three or four lenses so don't worry about spending too much or too little spend whatever you're comfortable with but i'm at a point now where i know that if i spend a thousand dollars on a lens i'm going to get a ton of value out of it however when you're just starting out don't rush to buy new things because you think your pictures aren't very good it's a really common mistake there's so many threads online of people saying Will this this lens help me take better pictures? Will this this camera help me with this and this? You should know that a bad camera in the hands of a great photographer will yield much better results than a great camera being used by a bad photographer. You can research tutorials online or even enrol in a course on photography, although I'd argue you can learn the fundamentals and everything you need to know from YouTube and Google. You can study the nuances of lighting, angles, proportions, the rule of thirds, focal points, aperture, exposure triangles, and more. And the list goes on. The more you learn, the more you'll uncover and explore the rabbit hole that is photography. Let your curiosity and creativity take hold. If you don't understand something or you see a new term pop up when you're researching online, go and Google it. If you see someone mention the exposure triangle, try and understand it, watch videos on it get your camera out and play around with the settings until you really internalize all of these fundamental things because you have both the technical aspect of taking pictures as well as the creative aspect so even if you think you learned everything you can about how to take a theoretically great picture if you can't get out there and take it then it's meaningless in fact the best photographers learn out in the field by experimenting and just taking photos I must have taken tens of thousands of photos over the last few years, and I've kept, maybe, five or six hundred of them. You might be out of focus, you'll have bad lighting, forget to put a battery or memory card in your camera, and miss one of the best shots of your life, which has happened more than once, but that's all part of the beauty of photography. Get out there, get your phone out, start taking pictures, Experiment with the different modes, take pictures of everything you find interesting, take pictures of your friends, and experiment and grow over time. It's a lifelong journey that always leaves you just unfulfilled enough to constantly fall in love with it over and over again, and that's what I really love about it. And finally, speaking of lifelong fulfillment, the last hobby I have on the list is learning a language. No, not a programming language, (laughs) although it's functionally the same thing, I'm not going to put them together. I've met so many people that tell me they're never going to learn a language just because they don't need to. If everyone speaks English, then there's no point in doing it. And I couldn't think of anything more moronic. It's just plain ignorance and laziness. I understand if you honestly just don't want to learn a language. I get it, but to flat out refuse purely because you don't need to is ridiculous. I've only had positive experiences from learning to speak a different language. Except uh, <laughs> there was a time here in Thailand I accidentally asked for a water penis instead of a water bottle in a shop. Because <laughs> the two words are like and I just completely forgot the difference between them. But yeah, even If it's my basic level of knowledge in German, which has helped me to bond with people in the past, or the fact that I can read a bit of Japanese, it's been a great conversation starter with so many people. And now, with my dedication to learning Thai, my experience living here has improved so much. It's so easy for me to meet people, I've made a ton of friends, the majority of my friends here are Thai, like overwhelming majority. And when someone hears you speaking their language, they always look so surprised or amazed or they start laughing. It's beautiful to see what kinds of things can happen if you just take the time to appreciate a culture. Because it's it's more than learning a language, it's about learning tradition and culture and history and understanding why certain things are the way they are. Not to mention it's great for challenging your mind, improving your memory, and helping you constantly push the boundaries of what you already know. I love hobbies that are mentally engaging, and on more than one occasion I've had my head physically hurt trying to remember what certain letters are in Thai, which sounds uncomfortable, (laughs) but it's necessary in order to grow as a person, and to never let yourself become stagnant, which is the worst thing you can do as you get older, is to let yourself become comfortable with the level of knowledge you have. A lot of people make the same mistakes when it comes to learning languages, and then get frustrated when they don't make any progress. I love to do the fast approach where you learn as much as possible in a short time span, and you find yourself developing very quickly. How many times, or how many people do you know, that download Duolingo, uh, to sign up to the course, do 10 minutes a day, and tell everyone they're fluent in Spanish? Like Duolingo is a great resource, but it's not going to make you fluent. It's a great tool to assist your learning and should be treated as such but don't expect it to make you an expert the most important thing you can do is to immerse yourself in the culture talk to people in that language watch videos with subtitles on listen to music from whichever country's language you're learning try to read signs try to understand what everyday things are in that language and use them in everyday life not only will you find this process much more enjoyable you'll learn much more quickly because you get to see your progress right there you get to measure it you get to see that you're actually making a difference in how much you know and one of the best ways to do this is find language exchanges going on in cities they're always going on and you can find websites that allow you to talk to people all over the world to have conversations maybe language exchange you can find a ton of resources on youtube and google And if you want to find a dedicated teacher and have classes, then go for it. Choose a country that you like the culture of, maybe Japan or Mexico or Russia, and let your curiosity go wild. You're much more likely to stick with it and learn the language if you enjoy the culture and you have an interest in it. And if you really open up and embrace the culture, you'll start to find doors opening that you never even knew existed. You'll make friendships you never thought possible. And most importantly of all, you'll experience personal transformation on a whole other level. You'll gain confidence, you'll become more social, you'll gain communication skills and it may even lead to new career options, you just never know. You don't even need to commit to 2 hours a day, just 10 minutes or a couple of hours a week is enough, you've got your entire life to learn. So even if you just learn a few new words a week, it'll add up over time. Never underestimate the power of consistent growth over a long period. It really is the secret to being successful. And that's it. That's my list of the best activities I think you can do after you quit gaming. Just to recap, we had coding or programming, exercise and active hobbies, photography, music, and learning a language. These hobbies all fulfill the basic human needs that gaming did, Just social connection, challenge, growth, and escape. And if you really decide to give them a go and develop them over time, you'll find yourself rewarded almost exponentially. I didn't cover anything like setting goals or tracking progress. I just wanted to talk about specific hobbies. Hopefully next week I'll be releasing a mammoth podcast episode that will cover everything you can imagine on that subject in time for 2020. Although it's (laughs) it's turning into something much bigger than I realised. So I don't know if it'll come out then, but I'll see what I can do. Anyway, if you enjoyed the podcast, let me know. Leave a rating and review. Send me an email. If you're going to try a hobby, send me an email at jamesgamequitters.com. Tell me what you're doing. Don't forget to give me feedback on the podcast, like I mentioned at the start. I really want to know how I can improve it, and I genuinely need your guys' help for that. I need all the help I can get, because... (laughs) I only started podcasting a few months ago, so it's still a learning progress. It's still a learning process for me, and anything I can do to improve, I really appreciate it. And I hope you all had a great Christmas to those of you who celebrate it. And until next time, peace. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Gaming the System, the number one podcast on gaming addiction, brought to you by Game Quitters. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to share it around to family members, friends, or anyone you think could benefit, and don't forget to leave a review, it's super helpful. Check us out on social at Game Quitters Everywhere, and if gaming addiction is affecting your life, we recommend having a look at our guide on the website, it's gamequitters.com forward slash respawn if you're a gamer, and gamequitters.com forward slash reclaim if you're the parent or loved one of an addict. The important thing is not to lose hope, and remember, real life is always worth fighting for. See you in the next episode.